Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. All right. Last in-person Vegas podcast. Had to finish it with Jordan Zerm, who... Um, like me, is ready to leave this city, is ready to go, has had enough. Jordan, how are you? I mean, overall, I'm good. Um, but uh, yeah, Las Vegas, this is probably the longest I've spent in Las Vegas, like in terms of just on a trip. Like usually I've come for three days or so. So yeah, it does sort of, we were talking about this this morning, it does kind of feel like you're a little bit in purgatory. Like you're just kind of walking around and time's not a thing here and it's so hot. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm good. But, uh, like, hopefully when you leave tonight and I leave tomorrow, like, the airport's a real thing and we're not just trapped here forever. I hope that God so hope Spirit Airlines is not, like, my spirit being ascended to the soul. Um, I had a very weird experience today. Going, I, so I went to this bookstore um, called the Writer's Block over, I don't even know where it is. It's, like, like the Archers of Las Vegas. It was, like, a 10-minute Uber ride. Um it was like a whole other planet because it was like quiet and like, like there's no neon and like the bookstore was like quiet as like quaint little coffee shop and like just some like people just hanging out like reading books and it was like oh this is also in the same city and it was also right down the street from the pawn shop from Pawn Stars, um, which I've never really watched that show not really my thing but you know I it, I guess it was a, it's an attraction for oh, some man. people yeah it's a Las Vegas landmark up there with. Uh, up there with Caesars and uh, this big orbiter building for concerts, which is look up the concert venue building in Vegas if you want to just be like astounded. It's quite bizarre. No one is ever going to be sleeping in Las Vegas again. Um, right now, we're watching Yankees White Sox as they're hitting home runs into the corn to the cornfields of of Iowa. So good for that. But Jordan, you wrote a nice little a little post over at, on your Medium. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, where do you want to start with with Cavs Summer League? We have two games down. There's two games that we have yet to see. So, but where do you want to go? I mean, I think we got to start with Mobley, who is really, you know, the reason why I'm here, reason why a lot of us are here, um, was to watch him in person. And, um, you know, it was really interesting to see how he, from game one to game two, like what the Cavs were going to do um, to, I don't know, just switch it up a little bit from game one because they didn't really, as we – have talked about on previous pods and uh, they didn't really put him in a great position to sort of succeed offensively which like is not even really the f- I, summer league's just weird you know, we've talked about how they don't really have any creators especially at the point guard position so um, I think game two you saw a little bit more of like what I think especially as a rookie like the best way to utilize Evan Mobley um, and this was on a roster without Darius Garland without Sexton and Nance and Jared Allen and all that so um but, you know, they tried posting him up again in, like, the first quarter in the game against the Magic. And it's just not – whether, like, it just happens naturally or the Cavs are, like, running these plays, which is, like, hopefully not the case. But after the Andre Drummond experience, you are kind of just, like, Cavs coaching staff might be their own worst enemy sometimes with big men. Um, 
But after that first quarter, he hit the first shot of the game, but that was a little post-play, but it was a nice little turnaround. And like I said in my, my little piece today, it's like, shouldn't like ban him from playing in the post. It just should be a sort of like not a thing you do every time down. And you saw in the second quarter when the Cavs were like, okay, we have no creators. Um, Evan Mobley is not strong enough really to play in the post and not really what his skill set is. So let's like put him on the elbow and let's put him out on the perimeter and like let's have him like get the ball and initiate the offense. And like you immediately saw it open stuff up for a summer league team. Like him and Isaac Okoro, nice little two-man game. Um, there were a couple times like they missed each other, but like the thought was there, and you know they've really only played with each other in two summer league games. So like, um, but everybody's seen Okoro's dunk, and that came off Evan Mobley just you know holding the ball at the elbow and waiting for Okoro to cut, and then getting him the ball, and he did that a bunch of times. He had seven assists against the Magic. So like, I think you're seeing as a rookie, especially like where Mobley is going to operate and where he should operate. Like he should operate out on the perimeter and. Um, out on the elbow and where he can either like dribble and create his own stuff or can create for others. And I think you, I heard you mention it on a pod this morning, but like the Cavs still don't have a ton of creators on this roster. Uh, I forgot I recorded that. Yeah, that's, that could be any day. Like I could mention any day and it, I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Um, but like Mobley's creation is going to be a big deal for them. And to like maximize that, I think putting them where they put him in that game against the Magic was big. So it was nice to see like an adjustment made and it was nice to see like, Mobley's full sort of offensive skill set on display. He still didn't shoot great, but like he hit some shots, hit a three, um, and he created. And like that's, I think, where he's going to be at his best. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you're going to need to see him in time, like be a guy who punish can put, like he can't be a big who can't punish switches. Like when they, like this is a long term concern. I'm not, I'm not going to care about it too much for this season. Um, it'll matter like a little bit if the Cavs want to make some kind of improvement and, and want to have a win on the margins in some ways. But like five years from now, if they're going to make like a playoff run with him as like a centerpiece or the centerpiece, like he has to be able to punish those kind of switches and take advantage of them. And I, I guess that he will. He keeps talking about his size. He's just like, yeah, like I have to get bigger. Yeah, like it's going to be crazy when I add more muscle. Like he knows, I think, that it's not a strength for him right now. And I mean, I would argue the same is kind of the true for Jared in some ways. Like Jared's a two, it's like listed like two thirty five maybe, and he's not or two. He's he's listed like well above what Mobley is, let's say, and he doesn't even look that. But he never has looked like a particularly bulky guy to me. Like Aiton is like ripped, and Allen has like nice strength, but he's not like bulky and just ripped that way. Although we did we did when talking to Robbie Callen here, he was like very uh, impressed by DeAndre Aiton's posture, and I just had never considered the idea of like posture. But I I think. Mobley's passing is going to be real interesting because the more I've thought about this Cavs team, there are three guys, well, there are two guys on the roster that I would say are going to end up being the the main thrust of the offense in terms of creating for others. It's Darius Garland, obviously going to be the big one. Ricky Rubio's brought in to be that supplement. You don't bring in that kind of point guard unless you think you need that kind of player. Colin Sexton is going to be kind of the third one. He needs to take another – He, I know he gets some of the basic assists, and and he's improved in that way, but, like, can't he add another layer to his passing would be would be a big thing. You know, maybe – I don't – I'm not sure Isaac getting those a bunch is going to be a thing you really need to worry about. Mobley could be a guy that really helps this kind of work a little bit better, and there's ways with, like, uh, Allen on, like, dribble handoffs and stuff that could help as well, but, like, Mobley maybe has to be – the third or fourth kind of thrust and creation of the offense. And like, maybe that's asking a lot of a, of a guy who's 19, but that's kind of the roster construction right now. Right? Like, I don't know where else you're getting 
some of this stuff. There's not like a free agency move they haven't made that's going to give you this. Like the roster in large part, like kind of is what it is. And Mobley's going to be a really, really big part of it figuratively and figuratively and literally, I think. No, I think you're right. And I think like, it's a fair point too. Like it's going to be, you know, he's 19, he's growing into his body. Like you've already seen like how kind of raw he is, uh, like as a prospect, like there's going to be times where he's going to struggle to score and he's going to be he's going to struggle to like deal with the physicality of the NBA. And even though he's going to be taller than a lot of people that are going to be guarding him, especially if he's at the four, um, there's just going to be times where he's going to look overmatched until he's able to, you know, have maybe a full off seat. Like it's going to take time. You saw how long it took for Anthony Davis to look like what Anthony Davis looks like now. Like it's going to be a similar thing for, um, Evan Mobley. And so that's both good and bad. It's good in that, like, his creation is part of the reason why you drafted him. Like his passing for a big man is a really big deal. Like not a lot of seven footers are doing that. Um, it's sort of similar to like what the hope always was for Kevin Love a little bit that never really came to fruition. Like putting him in the elbow and him, not to say that like Kevin never made any good. He obviously like made Cleveland Kevin Love. Yes, Cleveland Kevin Love. Yes, hundred percent. Where there was so much talk about like we want to initiate the offense more through Kevin at the elbow, and it just never really happened for reasons of like LeBron and Kyrie, and like it didn't need fully need to happen um obviously they won a championship and went to four straight finals so like um but like evan's sort of in that role a little bit now but he's just taller and is going to be able to sit and and maybe a better passer just from like the elbow area um but they're going to need him to do it so yeah it's it's there's going to be growing pains and like it is sort of a if there is sort of one glaring weakness on this roster outside of shooting which I think at this point you just have to hope that the shooting improves from Okoro organically and Darius and Colin take more threes and Windler can contribute at all. And like maybe internally the shooting just improves, but like outside of that, you're right. Like creation wise, it's Rubio and it's Darius Garland. And it's maybe it's a little bit of Larry Nance if he stays healthy, but it's like, I'm not ready to count on Sexton for that yet. And it's Dennis Mobley. And so it's like, there's still a real lack of, like playmaking and Evan's going to have to like slide in there. So we'll see what happens. There will be growing pains. I think you've seen like there's how raw uh, Evan's going to be at times. And that's going to be his rookie season like that. I, and I, people should expect that, but it's encouraging that in game two of summer league, he had seven assists and he was like looking to move the ball around and find open guys. So like you sh- should be excited about his skill set. Like I'm excited about his skill set. And I, Throughout the draft process, even though I was a Jalen Green guy, like the more I watched Evan Mobley, the more I came away impressed by everything he can do, and that's only that that stayed true through summer league. Yeah, good sign that he played much better in game two, uh, I think, than game one. But we're gonna come back with more with Jordan Zerm first. I gotta say about our friend at Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? That's, like, really bad. That's, like, playing blackjack in Vegas bad. Uh, Is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, who have more tools and more time. You didn't stand a chance. So that's why we're helping linking you up here with Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and puts winning winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchups. You name the stakes. Winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, and sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. 
That's right. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Again, go to stathero.com slash locked on and take advantage of this great offer. All right. So where do you want to go next to Summer League? Um, I think Okora, we've touched on a little bit the other day. I don't think there's a lot to add there. I, the three-point shooting with him is just going to be a thing. Um, I want to save some of the, the Jared Allen comments we, re- we, we read the other day uh, for a later, more intimate date, um, or later in this podcast, a more intimate segment of this podcast dedicated solely to it. Um, but is there anything else from Kev Summer League? Is there a, a moment that you've enjoyed? Uh, anything that, is, that has kind of stood out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we were having some fun yesterday because, um, and I think this is the fun thing about Summer League is, you know, speaking of intimate, the the arena, the Thomas and Mac arena here is not very big. And the whole, like, not enough fans come where they need to open the upper levels of the arena. So it's pretty much just a lower bowl. And if you get there early enough or even not early enough, like, you're going to have a great seat. You're going to be in the lower bowl watching, you know, Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green or Evan Mobley versus Jalen Suggs. Like, this is my first time here, as it is for for Chris. And, like, that's been really, really cool. Um, and the, the, the other cool thing is, like, you just notice stuff in the crowd and you notice who's there. Like, you know, you notice Steph Curry and Draymond Green walking in because literally everybody is like, oh my God, we're two feet away from them. But during the Cavs game, Cavs have a guy on the roster named Matt Ryan. Shout out to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't know where he came from, know nothing about him. But he was hitting, he, t- he hit four threes. He was pulling up and he had two friends in the crowd losing their minds. Like, full on i wrote about this but absolutely like just losing their minds screaming so loud like standing on their feet and just screaming anytime he hit a three or really did anything they also were yelling at another cast player to stop shooting because he couldn't make the shots and give the ball to matt ryan um that was my entertainment for like the second half of that Cavs game that was uh that was truly some incredible stuff from you know a guy that like isn't gonna make the team i i don't know if he's like gonna ever play in the nba where you're looking him up right now what where did Matt Ryan come from? Like anywhere? Here's a wild career. So from Iona Prep in New York, played at three schools in college, Notre Dame for two years, transfers as a redshirt, Vanderbilt for 2018-19, which was not Darius's, not Darius's college. That was, so he he, reg, he would have been in college in 2017-18, I think. And then, no, Colin was the 2018 draft, right? Yes. So, yeah, he would have played a, Theoretically, I think with Derek, they would have overlapped at Vanderbilt, which I didn't realize. Cool yeah. for that. And then he finished his career at Chattanooga. Okay. Um, career, t- 1,058 points in college. Shot 39.8% from three, six, seven, two, fifteen. This is at least like a G League guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it could be fun. Maybe those guys can get really into the Cleveland charge up in uh, up at the Wolstein Center, you know? Um He's at least been like interesting. I you know like Jalen Hands I thought was good in game two. Um, Kagan Bailey is at least like doing what he's asked and sort of not really popping that much. I have liked Lamar Stevens. Um, I haven't been super impressed with Broderick Thomas. He's not been great. Um, he threw a lot that to Lamar Stevens that was so high that Lamar who can jump who can get up there like just was like trying to tip the ball back down to himself. It was like a little like Broderick like let's relax my guy. And Broderick was the main culprit of ignoring Evan Mobley off pick in game one. That's yes. like just ignoring of Evan Mobley off pick and roll. So no, it's not been great for Broderick. But uh, Matt Ryan's friends were having the time of their life, and I wish that um, 
I was coming to another game um, that they were going to be at. Uh, I think like outside of the Cavs stuff, um, you saw Jalen Suggs twice in person. I saw him once. He just he just sort of stands out as like this very. He's like already the alpha of the Orlando Magic, and they have Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and like guys that have been on the team already and are like ball handlers and like they're just like here you go Jalen like do your thing. Um, and it's been really fun to watch him. He's not only like you know he's hitting threes. He had that outrageous putback dunk um, that shows his athleticism. I think is way better than people think. But he just had a sort of drive and like no look kick out to a corner three um, against the Cavs that was just like nothing for him like he just looked like he had been doing it for years in the NBA he's gonna I think he's gonna be really good and I think Scotty Barnes is a very different kind of player um but we've been making jokes all weekend about like the Raptors are just gonna like score 35 points a game but they won't you'll score one point a game (laughs) yeah Fred Van Vliet Malachi Flynn's gonna get his shots off but like Scotty Barnes is a very different player and Scotty Barnes is huge and he's gonna be great defensively but like I don't think I would have passed on Jalen Suggs if I was the Raptors. I know they they definitely have a type, the Raptors, and like they obviously fell in love with Scotty Barnes for one reason or another. But man, like Jalen to me from a lot of the games I've watched out of the entire rookie class, I mean, like Jalen Green has had some like pretty nasty moments and um Cade, I've only watched Cade once. Um I missed their first game and I saw the second game in person. But like of everybody I've seen so far in Summer League, like Jalen Green is I'm sorry, Jalen Suggs has st- stood out to me the most out of that like those top 5 picks in terms of just like he pops off the screen and I think the Magic are the Magic are going to be thrilled to like to have him running their offense. Um it was pointed out to me today in the Dime Slack channel that the uh the general manager of the Orlando Magic, whose name is escaping me right now, basically was like, what's your goals for next season? And it said, be better at the end of the season than we were at the beginning. And it's like, that's good expectations for a team that is not going to be good. Um, Jalen Suggs might be really fun and everything, and they're, but that team is going to stink and go through some growth. Um, I, you alluded to this. I think my biggest thing is just, A, felt really good to be back watching basketball in person. It felt very good to see other people just getting really into what's going on. It was really cool to see like Josh Christopher's extended family, like make the loudest noise of anyone. I think all week, except for maybe Matt Ryan's friends. Um, and that Knicks fan who was, or who was heckling. Oh, you, you tell this, this was a, this is a really good moment at like, what, like a 1 PM local time. It was like real early by Vegas standards. So that was the first game yesterday. And Chris and I were kind of just like, well, let's just go like, let's just get to the arena, the Cavs play afterwards, whatever. So yeah, that tipped off at one and it was just, it was the nets and the bucks and neither team has anybody, um, for reasons because they were both when the bucks could not like the bucks had guys on team that the PA announcer was just like punting on their names would like say their first name. And then we'd be like a real awkward pause and maybe attempt it, but often we'd just be like, nah. So the environment, um, it was not very full, and uh, there's no music. Like music does not get played during the game. Well, until the later. Games. Until the later games, but even then, like I still just r- mostly hear it. Caden Green was the one that was like. They had music going. Had music it was a party, yeah. Um, but for these early games, they literally the only time they play music is during timeouts, um, and sometimes they don't even play it during timeouts, especially for this first game. So like you can just hear everything, whether it's like players talking to the refs or like coaches yelling or just like if you're a fan and you want a player to hear you they'll hear you and there was a Knicks fan who like I don't know five minutes into the game there was a break in play like a foul or something like that and he just goes 
go Knicks. Brooklyn's not a Brooklyn's not New York. Like so loud, and everybody's like, oh my God. And then later, this this is what got me because he did it again and he said something along the lines of um, the Nets could 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 have Michael Jordan and still nobody would care. Or yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> because and one of the Nets players just goes, Yes, you would. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I don't know if he was on the bench or on the court. But I was that was my entertainment for that game because I there were just no players to really care about or get excited about. Brandon Knight disrespect. Brandon Knight, who is somehow still playing in Summer League and, and David Duke Jr. who needs to change his name immediately. Um but that fan, you know, like the most classic Knicks fan, like I don't care about Knicks forever. I don't care about the Nets, but the Nets player going back, like you care, was uh, was an interaction that you're just not getting during like regular season NBA games. So the atmosphere is so cool. That's been my favorite part. Is like either you can like see players sitting courtside, like Paige Beckers from UConn was straight up sitting courtside, and then we saw her crossing the street. Um, but just and nobody knows who she is unless you're like really. You know, because she was a freshman last year. I mean, she's, like, a big deal, but, like, people just don't people recognize were, her. People were, like, bothering her in the way they might, like, if, like, I don't know, like, LeBron. Like, she's, yeah. like, a star, but it was not like people were bothering her. No. You can kind of, like, walk in and out. Yes. Of like, and you, I mean, you, you've seen some other people this week walking around. Well, we saw... Um, that this that story that you, you could tell is one is not safe for work. Yeah, one's not safe for work. But the other, like, it was funny to just see Zach Collins scootering... <laughs> through our little we were just like having dinner last night Tillman, Tillman, and Tillman and the owner of the Houston Rockets just going on a little tour of like a food court in the Cosmopolitan looking for deals yeah I don't know what was going on looking away for to like maximize profits um but yeah we saw Zach Collins who is recovering from surgery so he has one of those like one legs on the scooter things and you pedal with the other just like flying past us and be like oh that's Zach Collins I guess um, and then, yeah, you heard stories about JB Biggerstaff, who's also coming off surgery. Like, he was also scootering around. So just, like, guys scootering around or just, like, very tall men walking around that you're like, is that a basketball player? Is that a basketball player? Is this guy a basketball player? So, um, yeah, it was. It, it's just been fun to, like, see who's courtside. It's fun to see Darius Garland, like, acting as a coach on the bench. Um, and it was fun to see, like, Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro just, like, hanging out watching Jalen Green versus Cade. Like, it's just such a cool and it's so laid back. And I hope... As as summer league gets more popular, uh, because it feels like it's going to continually get more and more popular, like that part of it, I may get lost, but I hope it doesn't. I hope it stays like a small, more intimate thing, and like you can just roll up and buy tickets day of, which you still can, and like they're thirty five dollars, and like so. Um, no, it's really cool, and I would highly recommend like if you just are a hoops head, cause there's going to be some games where you're only going to know like two players. But like, if you want to come watch some of the high draft picks, like really close up before you have to start paying like hundreds of dollars, like do it. So, um, no, I, I enjoyed the atmosphere as much as I did the games. Yeah. All right. So one last break here, we're going to come back, talk about, uh, Jared Allen, who is in Vegas, uh, took some shot. I don't know if you saw the photos he took on a disposable I camera. I don't know how I feel about them. I don't know if they're good. Yeah. That's art though, baby. Um, uh, anyway, I'll tell you about some. We got some more ads and some friends to tell you about. First up, our friends at Bilt Bar. Look, Jordan, Bilt Bar. You see me Bilt Bars this week. Bread roll, housing them. I mean, I had like fifty of them. Not really. I had like one every day. Bring them every week. Have a little extra protein. It's expensive to eat on the road, and like Bilt Bar was just like, you know, I, I had some. I'm, it's expensive specifically in Las Vegas. <laughs> Cherish your your cheap Cleveland drinks. 
um, on all that wonderful stuff. But they have a lot of great flavors. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, strawberry, to name a few. I love the strawberry one I have. That's something I will be I didn't bring any with me, but that is one I'm going to have back at home. And look, 17, 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, all amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. They also just did a really cool um, NIL with uh, on walk-on players at BYU, so you can go check that out. And like, they're paying for some tuition and, and as part of a deal. So that's like a really, really cool thing that they're doing as a company. They're also the official protein partner of the U.S. Track and Field team. So hey, really actual athletes, not just podcasters, are are eating them. So go to builds.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builds.com. Also want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track other action to bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is with promo code locked on, and it's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Jordan, now here's our little uh, intimate details of Jared Allen. So, uh, Kelsey Russo from The Athletic and Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com were, I, I would assume, invited by the Cavs. I'm guessing is how this works. Guys, I was here. I'm just saying, I was available. You know, I I'm not throwing down 500 on a on a blackjack table. I'm just here. I'm just here networking, vibing. Darius said about well, Darius said the word vibes about like 20 times. I talked to him and I, I respected it. Big vibes, big, vi- big vibes guy, Darius Garland. But Jared Allen, the the quote that has been, I would say, clowned on, right, has basically been, hey, like we to paraphrase, like you know, we show some improvement. We show some growth. We can get to like being a, a fifth seed in a couple of years, right? Like he, he's basically just saying, like you know, we we could we could get there. We we can improve and be like a middle of the pack playoff team in a couple of seasons, while improving this year, and then like maybe getting somewhere after that. I don't actually like think that that cool. I understand it's easy to make fun of. You get the clutch point graphic, and like like it's off. Like it's it's no going back at that point. Like they're just saying they want to play meaningful games. We want to play meaningful games. That is something that. Darius said last year, like, I remember being on the Zoom after they lost to the Bulls in Chicago and it like basically ended their playing hopes. And he was like bummed and he was generally, you could tell he was generally bummed. I, I think that's like, I, I kind of appreciate the pragmatism of, of Jared Allen here. Yeah, I think once you kind of get over, it's just like a weird, I think the phrasing was just very weird. And it was yeah. like, until you read the article, you're like, why did, why did Jared Allen just be like, I really hope, you know, like there's not a lot of people who are like, man, I hope in a couple years I'm like, fifth best out of 10 people or so you know and that's how it like sort of felt but no you're right in a couple years like the Cavs I expectations for this year are going to be hard but like if they miss the playing tournament I don't think anybody's going to be like whoa you know like they're still just so young and they still need so much and they have so much development so like okay so you take out this season or even if they do make the play like they're not going much further than that so like that's is what it is and like I think you have to look at it in, in the context of like the Eastern Conference like the Bulls got a lot better this offseason because they've decided to operate like a real basketball team, which is upsetting. Um, you know, you still have like the Celtics lurking. Um, you have the NBA champion um, Milwaukee Bucks who are running it back sans P.J. Tucker. Um, like 
the teams at the top, like the Brooklyn Nets, are going to trot out their big three again, and if they stay healthy, like that's a wrap. Um, Philly's still here. Like, there's a lot of very, very good teams in the East that are like going to like whether or not a Ben Simmons trade happens, or like you know whether or not the Bucks can replicate what they did. All those teams are still going to be in the playoffs, and all those teams are are getting better. Um, so the Cavs aren't just going to like sh- like Charlotte. Like Charlotte could take a huge step this season. Um, and like you know, with with Lamelo and maybe Leangelo, like let's go. You never know. Ball brothers. They, they, they have Gordon Hayward. They have Gordon Hayward. Um, they have Kai Jones, who's dunking on everybody in summer league. So like, um, yeah. But I mean, like they have like their roster is like kind of fun. And if Lamelo becomes like the superstar that I think like he is, it's only going to be year two for him. But like they have, they're going to be better. Well, and we forgot Shaker had his own shoot Terry. Of course, Scary Terry. Um, who just who had a really good year, and it's um so yeah. There's like a lot of competition in the East now. Um, so yeah, so like in two years, if two three years, if the Cavs like were a five seed, you'd be like, oh okay, cool. And then you can be like, all right, well now the next whatever years, because then you're hitting like peak Evan Mobley, hopefully, um, peak Darius Garland, like all these sort of the young guys like really developing. Um, so no, I think once you get past it, it was just the fact that yes, one, it was a clutch points graphic. That's how I think everybody saw it first. That's how I saw it first. And I didn't believe it was a real quote for like an hour. And then somebody was like, yeah, it's in the article. And I was like, damn it. Um, but if you really think about it, yeah, just like look at the Eastern Conference and look at like, there aren't a lot of teams that are just going to like all of a sudden fall off. And now you have other teams like the Pistons are putting something together, like not saying they're about to like make the playoffs or anything, but like. Indiana's just exists. Indiana is always just there existing. Like, so there's just like teams that are ahead of the Cavs and are going to be ahead of the Cavs for the next couple of years. So it's really not that outlandish of a quote, but it is just a weird, the phrasing was weird. It's like, hopefully, in, if we get really good, we can be a five seed. Like it just was, the phrasing was not the best by Jarrett. And I don't think that's like exactly what he meant. But I do think that timeline actually kind of lines up with like what you should expect from the Cavs. The Cavs are still really young. Like so that young. that's just the reality of it. Like this is a team that could if the starting lineup this year is Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, Allen. That's twenty three and under. Their starting lineup is a is a frat. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> not, in a, not in like the sense of what a frat is, because I'm anti frat, but like that's how young they all are. They're just like dudes living in a house. Like, let's hoop. <laughs> that that's definitely Colin. That's the thing. That's definitely Colin Sexton. Darius is like vibes and yeah, whatever. But yeah, like this this is gonna take some time. And I think I, I think it'll be very curious to see how the organizational patients pers- like, you know, and like what what points do they do they want to hit acceleration? Like what points do they they change things up in terms of leadership above the, the roster, right? Like these are things that like historically Cleveland ownership would have just been like, F this, we're gonna rip that we're just gonna do something wacky out of the side. And They've been a little more stable of late, and I, I don't, I think there's probably still a limit to that. I mean, it's nuts that Kobe Allman is the longest general manager in, in Cavs history. Um, that doesn't seem. I think that's more about the organization than him. Is is my guess? Is my read on that? But it's, it's, it's a weird situation, and I, I, I don't think that like Cavs Twitter is exactly like being rational about a lot of this stuff. I, and I also think like you should be really excited about Isaac Okoro. Like you should be. You should be excited about Colin Sexton, even if you're skeptical of how good he might actually be. Like, if if these the stuff coming out right now about you know what his extension might look like, I think like a ninety million, if that ends up being a number, is like a pretty reasonable extension for him. Like, he's obviously not gonna turn down money. Yeah, and I I think if you just look at it sort of in a vacuum with each individual player that they've drafted and ask, have they improved from year to year? I think the answer for the most part is is yes for their key 
guys. Colin undoubtedly from what he was as a rookie and what he was at Alabama to where he is now. And then your hope is like, okay, this season at the very least take more threes or like add this to your game. Like I just don't, I'm, I'm not in the camp. That's like, I, he's all of a sudden going to become this like above average passer. That's just not what he is. But like, if he's taking more threes and making them at a high clip like he has been, like then that's a leap forward. And I think Colin, to his credit, every single year has gotten better at stuff. Um, Garland, we saw an enormous leap from him from year one to year two, and a, and a year one that was just you know abysmal coming off an injury. He hadn't played basketball in forever. He never really got into rhythm. The Cavs were terrible. You saw a huge leap. Um, I think you're going to see maybe huge isn't the right word, but Okoro is bigger. He is. He was physically dominant at, in the two games he played at summer league. We we are kind of under the impression that he's not going to play anymore. That was like his last summer league game. Um, but it already looks like he's put in work and he's improved just in like driving to the rim. That's the one thing that stood out and like being able to finish. Whereas last season he sort of would get to the rim and not really know what to do. Um, we'll see like with Jared Allen, like what he adds to his game over the summer. But I do think at the very least. You can argue about whether the Cavs should have taken the players they took. You can talk about have the Cavs used some of their players in the right way? Have they run the right offense for these guys? But like if you just look at it from like, did this player go into the offseason and get a step better? I think last offseason, especially, um, a lot of the Cavs young draft picks, aside from, you know, Winler, who's just constantly been hurt and you have no idea what you're gonna get, like I think they have. So I think there's reason in that alone to be optimistic. Now, the question will always be, well, what's the ceiling of Sexton? What's the ceiling of Jared Allen? You know, what's the ceiling of Okoro? And and is this a core that can compete eventually down the line for a championship? But like at where they are right now, still in the midst of this rebuild with a ton of young guys, you hope the patience stays there and you let this group go until you have to say, okay, I think we're good enough where we can make a move. Do we move one of these younger pieces? Like, do we move Sexton? Do we whoever it may be. Um, but until you get there, and I think like this is going to be another year where you just, you need data and you need to figure out like if all these guys can play together. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing for where they are right now. Yeah. This could be a normalish year for the Cavs and these guys get to just kind of be young players and be frisky. I think that's, that's ultimately right. a, a good thing. If they can just have a pretty stable normal year, that's a good thing for the franchise. Jordan, it's been a pleasure hanging out all week. Had some Mick Ultras. Um, the biggest Mick Ultras. Ever yeah. Um, have walked very far for some coffee, waited an hour for food at a place I will not go name, but had good breakfast, but just took a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this place, I'm going to, this, there's a restaurant in Las Vegas that they're cold brew. Jordan and I went at noon. We got the, we ate at like noon. What time did we get our food? That, like, was it at noon? We got our food actually something one like o'clock, something like that. Not by even us just like sleeping and really it was just like, it took forever to like get see. It was just a lot. The cold brew, I felt like I was floating. I generally was just like, it was a black cold brew, nothing I haven't had before. And to like, you know, the the restaurant wasn't, it was just like a very like your common breakfast spot. Like it wasn't some lavish Las Vegas like place where you're like, oh, they have drip coffee in the back. Like this was straight up, I thought the coffee was going to be bad. And then we get served this cold brew and Chris and I take a couple sips, we're looking at each other, we're like, hey man, do you feel as if your soul has left your body? And then I go back the next day. I had breakfast with someone, um, and I I came back and was like, "Dude, the cold brew." You, t- you, t- Chris, oh. text me because I didn't go because I was sleeping because I'm washed. And well, you ended up in a in a part of Las Vegas where I was like, "I got to go work," and you're like, "Yeah." And then you're, you 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 hit the Tillman slot. Um, so Chris sends me a text 
And he's like, hey, uh, yeah, I can confirm that their cold brew is just really goddamn strong. So Chris was like, felt the need to text me because I was like, oh, you had more sips and you're, you're zooming. So the most unexpected but maybe strongest cold brew we've ever had at a just random breakfast spot in Las Vegas. That Martin Rickman, when he described how to get there, was like, just picture the Dennis Rodman meme from The Last Dance where he's like waving his arms around and like this, this way, this way, this way. And I'm like, Martin, just you can tell me where to go, buddy. It's cool. Um, but it's been... I recommend Summer League if, you, if you've thought about going, even if you don't love Vegas. Between us, we gambled $40, yeah. okay? We saw people we were with gamble more than that. A lot of other people in Las Vegas are gambling, but you can come, you can watch some good basketball, you can meet some people, you can hang out, and it can be a really good experience without you, you needing to, like, gamble a bunch and just you get to see some hoops, you get to see your, your favorite team or just a bunch of players. Like, it's just a cool environment. I would recommend going. It's really hot. So, like, bring water and, like, bring a water bottle and refill it when you can and whatever. But, like, it's, it's, a, it's a cool environment and highly recommend going. Um, and, yeah, Evan, Evan really missed out. Evan, Evan fucking missed out. Missed out. Um, and, yeah, you should – everybody should in a game that everyone should play is uh, time yourself. How long can you sit by the pool in 110-degree heat before you have to get in the water? And we can all write down our times, and we can see who made the long – today, I made it, like, a half hour. Uh, the first day I got here, Monday, 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to burn to death, so I have to get in the water. So, uh, yeah, it, it is unfortunate that, and I think because the season was pushed back a little this year, like, this usually happens in July. Yeah, it's like mid-July. Well, the thing is, I had a cab driver tell me that, like, three weeks ago, when this roughly would have been, it was, like, 116. He was, like, trying to tell me that Ohio, because Ohio has humidity, is, like, worse than Las Vegas, and I'm like, you're full of crap, dude. The, the dry heat thing is, is, does not apply when it's over 105 degrees. It truly doesn't matter. So I guess any time July, August in Vegas is going to be – the heat's going to be brutal. But luckily, like, you, if you don't really want to be outside, you don't really have to be outside. So, like, at least there's that benefit. But, man, it'd be – my only complaint would be, like, it'd be nice to, like, on days when you're not going to games or you're, like, getting work done and you don't have time to go to the arena and you just want to sit by the pool for a little bit. It would be nice if it wasn't, like, what being in hell feels like. So <laughs> – it's true. Uh, Jordan, it's been a pleasure. Check out Jordan's run Twitter at Cleve Zurim. We'll lock down Cows back with the, our green room that you may have joined in on uh, later recording on Thursday when I'm at the airport uh, because that's just getting that content out, baby. Getting that shake shack yeah. and some content. Yeah, you love to see it. We'll be back next week. Normal recording. Uh, hit that like button. Go subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to help get ahead of the game there. And everyone, will see you all soon.